Hello y bienvenidos to Season 3 of Mustangs in the Field, a podcast dedicated to the celebration of our community and also a tool to help current Milwaukee students discover a path towards a potential career by seeing that Mustangs can truly become anything they set their minds to. I'm your host, Roberta Aguilar, a proud school counselor at Milwaukee High School and the Milwaukee Academy of the Arts in beautiful downtown Milwaukee, Oregon. I'm honored that you have chosen to join me as I share these wonderful alumni testimonials. Before we dive into our next episode, I'd like to thank our sponsor, the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Foundation, who worked tirelessly year after year to provide annual scholarships to several deserving Mustang graduates. To assist or donate to the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship and help our Milwaukee graduates, you can utilize Amazon Smile, Fred Meyer Community Rewards Program, participate in the monthly bottle drop event, use PayPal, and much, much more. You can learn more by visiting their website at mustangbornfund.com. Now, I hope you enjoyed this upcoming episode. I'd also like to invite you to stick around afterwards to tune in to the new segment that I'm just going to call Aggie's View, where I'm going to try to share what's going down right now at Milwaukee High School and Milwaukee Academy of the Arts and maybe let you taste a little bit of what it's like to be a school counselor. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Enjoy this upcoming episode. Go Mustangs. Okay, welcome to Mustangs in the Field. Today's guest is Natalie Sandman, class of 2016. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, awesome. I'm really excited to have you. You are our first guest for this new school year. Um, and I think you are in a field that is super underrepresented by women, right? And so among many other, you know, wonderful reasons to have you on the guest, that's one of them. And so, you know, I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself so that folks know who you are and we can get rolling. Yeah, sounds good. So my name is Natalie Sandman. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm mostly an extrovert, but I definitely enjoy my alone time. And um, I work as an interpreter for California State Parks, which has like nothing to do with language. I only know um, English. And I'm also really passionate about outdoor recreation. I enjoy being just okay at most things like rock climbing and mountain biking and things like that. So yeah. All right. So an interpreter at state parks, does that mean, in my mind, that means like you're a forest ranger and you have one of those cool hats. Is that true? I do. I do have a cool hat. Yes. Um, yeah. It's actually a pretty uncomfortable hat, so I don't like wearing it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But um, yeah, so I work for California state parks. So technically, it gets super confusing because every agency classifies jobs differently. So if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of hard to navigate. So since I work for California State Parks, I'm not considered a ranger. But if I was doing the same exact job for National Park Service, they would call me a ranger. So like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you're where you said you were, where again were you? Where, what, where are you located? So I'm currently in Mariposa County, which is a really rural county. I think one of the most rural in California. Um, and I work at a small museum that's ran by state parks here. 
And um, it's also a gateway town to Yosemite National Park. So I'm about 45 minutes from Yosemite, which is ran by National Parks, so different agency. Um, but yeah, I live in like the Sierra Foothills, basically. All right. Cool. So that's that's pretty awesome. You, so I'm just going to call you a ranger. In my mind, you're a ranger. Okay. That, that's so awesome. Okay. Don't tell right. my agency. <laughs> okay. I won't. <laughs> so... You know, you said you're very into outdoors and I'm wondering, you know, I didn't know you that well. Like I knew you in the building. I was your school counselor. And so I was hoping, you know, the goal is of this whole podcast series is to help current Mustangs learn from, you know, past Mustangs, how they could become that job. And so I think you have a super cool job. And I was wondering, you know, they need to see themselves in someone like you. So how, how would you describe yourself as a high schooler? Yeah. So as a high schooler, the first word that came to mind was like busy. I kept myself super busy. Um, I was involved in a lot. I wouldn't say I was a nerd, but I definitely was like academically focused. And I knew that like college was a goal for me. Um, so I was really into school and succeeding academically like that. And then I also was yearbook editor in chief. That was a big thing for me. Um, I also was on dance team. So that was another big thing for me. And then I was also a zoo teen at the Oregon Zoo. Oh, yeah. And I did that for five summers. So I did that from the summer before my freshman year to the summer after my senior year. And that's probably something that's definitely carried through my career the most. That definitely jump-started my career. Yeah, that's cool. I, we, yeah, that's an underutilized program for students from Milwaukee, I feel, because it's it's on the other side of the river. So it seems like a roadblock was it, but now we could actually max there. I don't know. Yeah. Know. Although I have to say, I looked it up before this interview. And unfortunately I think that program was like a victim of the pandemic. Um, hopefully they bring it back. Cause it was just, it was so good for me and so many other people, but yeah. All right. I agree. Hopefully that comes back. I bet it will. Okay. So you're this busy student. You love that. You know, you love being involved, I guess that's part of the extrovert in you, right? Mm -hmm. You love zoology, or I'm assuming zoology because you did the zoo teens. So after high school, how do you get to become, do you just walk into the office and say, hey, I want to be an interpreter, or how do you become that? What's What path did you take? And was that like the common path, or is that a different path? Yeah, so I would say my path was like pretty common. However, I'm definitely one of the youngest, if not the youngest um, permanent interpreter, at least as far as I'm aware, um, for California state parks. And I've, you know, I get that a lot from people like you're young. Um, and I think the volunteering at Zoo Teens definitely helped and kickstarted that because I've been able to apply so much of that to my resume over the years and build and build and build. Um, so really like, I think I can break it down into like zoo teens, college, um, seasonal work I did in college, and then where I am now. So for zoo teens, um, I started out as like a regular zoo teen, like everyone does. So you work in the goat yard, you work at the family farm, you interact with visitors, you show them little animals like rabbits and chickens. Um, and then you also get to talk to visitors in front of exhibits about animals like the polar bears or maybe down in the Africa area. And we'd have things out like animal pelts or skulls, or we'd have games to kind of teach about why this animal is endangered and how you can help, things like that. 
And that program is really cool because you get to, you can build leadership skills within it and then move up to higher positions. So then I was a naturalist. So I got to take little animals around to the, the zoo camp that they have there in the summer for younger kids. So I would give a little 20 minute talk with a partner and we'd get the kids to touch like the snake or tortoise or rabbit, things like that. And then my senior year, I was selected to be a zookeeper intern. So every Sunday, my senior year, I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning or something and like drove over the bridge and went up to the zoo and I got to intern for a zookeeper in the North America area, which I'm really glad actually that I got the North America area because that gave me a really big and um, a big understanding and respect for like our local wildlife where before I was kind of more like internationally focused. And um, now I think it's more important to, you know, get invested in your local wildlife. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was the zoo. And then after that, I went to, you know, after high school, I went to Humboldt State University, which just got renamed Cal Poly Humboldt. So it's now part of the polytechnic system that like just happened. So if you look it up, it'll be Cal Poly. But um, I went to Humboldt and I think I started as like a biology student because I just knew all the prereqs were kind of the same, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to study. And so meeting with an advisor, I figured out I want to do wildlife. So I have a wildlife conservation and management degree. And then I have a minor in environmental education and interpretation. And I am so glad I got that minor because if I had not mentioned to my advisor that, you know, I like wildlife, but I don't really know if I want to do research. I think I'd rather just talk to people and try to like, you know, help communicate science. Um, I would not have even known that that was an option. So getting that environmental education interpretation minor was really helpful. And it's basically where I got to learn all these super specialized professional skills. And then after that I did, well, during college I did seasonal work. Um, so I worked for California State Parks in Lake Tahoe. And I had, um, I started out as a park aide. So that's like you're working in the kiosk, you're taking day use passes and you're talking to um, campers and checking them into their campsites and giving them kind of the basic information. And then my second and third years there, I got to be the seasonal interpreter, which was just so wonderful to get to do and get the work experience for my degree while I was in college in you know, a department that I was interested in ultimately working for. Um, and I definitely recommend seasonal work to anyone who's looking into these types of jobs. Um, and a lot of times they provide housing. So I had like housing provided, which was super nice. And I actually got paid versus an internship. So wow. it, was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, in all these places, like I'm a, I'm really a, I grew up in the country, but I love the city. So, you know, all these places sounds kind of like, Ooh, it's like too much for me or whatever, but it's really beautiful. Uh, I actually visited Humboldt on my own driving back to the little Redwood, you know, stop here or there, nothing major. Cause again, I'm not like a camper person, um, but I, I saw Humboldt and it's right there near the water. Right. And the, um, I can't remember what the town is called. It's somewhat the A. Yeah. Arcata, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was beautiful. And I was like, I got to go here because I know Natalie went here. That, that's the only reason. So yeah. now it's Cal Poly. Cal Poly Humboldt. Same school though. Like always Humboldt. Yeah. yeah Humboldt. Mm -hmm. forever yes all right so you know i like to ask folks because i feel like you know a lot of times we feel like we're all alone on our path but when we reflect it we 
kind of realize that's not always true. And I want to help the current students to realize, hey, who's out there who can help or who can be an influential figure? Were there any of those in the, around the high school or I'm, I'm assuming someone at the zoo for sure? Can you share any of those? Yeah, so yeah, in high school, definitely just like I was a Moss student and I felt like all the Moss staff were awesome. Um, they were just all really, you know, inspirational and wanting you to pursue things that interest you and just do your best and whatever that is. Um, and then particularly Mr. Fell as a yearbook advisor, he's just like a super supportive person um, and, you know, helped like being on yearbook and having him as an advisor definitely helped me build my confidence of being a leader and completing projects and meeting deadlines and things like that. So that was really valuable. And he's just super supportive and positive. Um, and then my dance coaches were also really key in me building my confidence. Um, we won state while I was on dance team. So of course that's super cool. Um, but just, they really taught us to believe in ourselves and to believe in the power of like, you know, having a goal and focusing on it and working hard mm -hmm. and just believing in yourself, which is just so important to just believe that you can do something. Yeah, that is so yeah. true. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah, confidence. Yep. Yeah. So before that, congratulations. I, you know, I don't know if I ever got to congratulate you on that. That's awesome. We yeah. we have had a pretty awesome dance team over the last two decades. You know, right? We're in a low spot right now, but it, it'll come back. It all flows. Yeah. 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 So that makes me wonder. You know, what's your motivation, and do you have like a motto? Oh wait. Yeah. What's your motivation? Like my motivation. Yeah. Um, so I am just so inspired by the outdoors and I'm really inspired by just outdoor recreation and how much that can just be a common denominator in relationships and communities and everything. Um, and I also am just really passionate about climate change and being an advocate for climate justice and how that's related to social justice and all those things. And to me, parks is like a good place for those conversations to happen. Um, so I just want, you know, to be able to be a positive person that's advocating for outdoor recreation and also helping people understand how they can just be better stewards of our earth and that it's not all doom and gloom and that we can have a better future, you know, if we work together on that. So just connecting people to our public lands and to our public resources is really important to me. Yeah. I know. And it's, I don't know, there's so much energy or spirit, you know, spiritual energy, any combination of that in, in nature. So yeah. 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 Right. And the spiritual thing, you know, if you look at like the word recreation, it really breaks down to recreate. So I think about that, like whatever you do, whether you're like mountain biking or you just enjoy a little hike or you just really want to like sit in nature, like whatever, that's really what you're doing. You're just like refreshing yourself and recreating yourself and it can just be so grounding. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the lesson there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's totally academic. So let's talk about academics. Yes. What would you say, you know, about your time up here in Milwaukee? Um, were there any like, lessons or aha moments that made you think, yeah, this is going to help me do what I do. Or are there any things that you learned now at Milwaukee or when you were at Milwaukee that you use now in your professional life? Um, I definitely think a lot about 
Mr. Blacksmith's class in science and how he just really taught us to go the extra mile if you think it's going to be worth it to do something a little bit better and to learn more and to not only just like complete an assignment or in real life complete a project because you know that's what you're supposed to do but how can we make things better and you know like how can you just really become like a leader and things like that so I think about that a lot mm -hmm. um also, again, your book definitely like helped me with organizational skills and things like that. And yeah, I think also dance team with just building confidence that I can do something. And also like that failure usually doesn't look that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's okay if everything is not perfect and that you're still trying your best. And if it's better than what you did before, that's still progress, that's still good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely something because I am a perfectionist. So I always have to be checking myself, like, am I being too hard on myself? Um, or is what I did really just good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so more about your time at Milwaukee as a Mustang. Yeah. Mom, must, either way, we're all Mustangs. Yeah, it's the same. I took a lot of AP classes too, you know? So it was like, yeah. I ended. All right. Well, let's hear. I mean, you talked about winning state, which is pretty darn rad. I wanted to hear, you know, what were some of the other memorable moments that you had here at Milwaukee? Winning state and then like when the yearbook, when the yearbooks got delivered every year, that was always like a good moment for me because yeah. to see all your work like in your hands. And that also, I think, made me at a younger age be able to handle like long-term projects and stay committed to them um but yeah this getting the yearbooks delivered like i don't know i can still kind of feel how that felt to just have your work in your hands like that and that was really powerful and fun yeah sense of pride huh yeah exactly yeah all right so i don't know this seems so short i don't want it to be so short um what's um piece of advice you would tell yourself you know your high school self what would you tell yourself about your path or how you're doing or whatnot yeah so I think like when I was in high school I was definitely I mentioned I was like academically focused and I would say I was maybe like a little too academically focused just in the sense of um I'm also a chronic planner and I have struggled with like living in the present because I'm always kind of like wondering what I'll be doing next. Uh, I definitely like looking into the future and, you know, daydreaming, but then also trying to make plans for things. And I would just tell my younger self to like ditch the whole five-year plan thing, keep your mind open about different opportunities. Cause even though I've had some really great opportunities in my life so far, um, I also think that I maybe sometimes had like tunnel vision on particular goals and missed other opportunities that would have also been cool. And so I'm trying to like work on that. So like ditch the five-year plan, just kind of, you know, like relax and trust the process. So I guess that's what it comes down to. Like trust yourself, trust the process, enjoy, you know, being in the present and that, you know, it's going to work out and it's good. It's better to, I think, like keep lots of doors and ideas open than to get tunnel vision on one goal. Um, because then I think you can really set yourself up to be disappointed, you know? Yeah. Maybe some regrets. 
some regrets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, but since you said you're a planner, yes. what is a project on your horizon that you might be thinking about that you uh, want to share? You know, there's yeah. things that you don't want to share. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, personally, I am working on climbing more in Yosemite. Um, I kind of took a hiatus from climbing while I, like during the pandemic and I'm getting back into it. And so I don't know how long I'm going to have this job just cause like, you never really know when with parks and stuff, like when the next place you want to work is going to come up. So I've taken my climbing book and I've like basically circled from easiest climbs to hardest climbs, like every climb that's rated three or four stars, which means it's like a good climb and it has good views or like whatever. So I'm just taking that like systematically and trying to hit as many of those I can. And then like just going up in difficulty. Um, and, and so I'm working on that. And whenever I'm done here is like, that's what I, you know, personal project. I wasn't working on that. Um, Professionally, I'm working on an audio tour for the museum that I work at. So that's something I haven't done before. Before, So that'll be, you know, kind of a cool thing to add to my resume. Yeah. All right. But yeah. don't do any of that free solo stuff. Or I uh, worry. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because like, I'm such a big advocate for being like mediocre at your hobbies because I think it's more fun. And I kind of enjoy doing a bunch of different outdoor activities. And for a little bit there, I was definitely focused on like being the best at them because I think that's just who I am, which is fine. But you know, it's like, it's supposed to be fun. So I thought that after living here, I've lived here like a year and a half now. I thought that after being here this long, I'd be inspired to do big wall climbs, you know, like driving into the valley every day and seeing El Cap and half dome and being like, I could do that. I, th I thought I would feel that by now, but I just don't. And I don't know why I don't feel drawn to it, but I'm like, okay with it. So yeah, yeah I'm going to keep it safe. I'm a big yes. safe person too. <laughs> yes. Keep it safe. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at the end of every episode, I ask the same five questions. I call it the rodeo. It's supposed to be like, woo, get, get going, you know? Yeah. And so they're not so like challenging necessarily. Okay. And so don't like put like a lot of thought to these questions. All right. So when you were in high school, what was your favorite spots around the building, in the building, maybe? Maybe outside the building, whichever. Um, definitely the dance room or the dance studio. Yeah. yeah. On the first floor of the, yeah. The art building. Yeah. Yep. Just all those memories of dance practices. Yeah. All right. Okay. I kind of asked this one earlier. Do you have a personal motto that you use when you're doing things? Yeah. Well, you kind of asked me my motivation. I feel like my motto is slightly different because mm -hmm. yeah, well, I have like two or three. I'm, I'm bad at picking favorites, but they all kind of go together. So maybe this will be good. Um, two of them are actually like quotes that I have on my fridge. Um, the first one is a magnet that I've now had, like I think since high school and it's all faded, but it's an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. And it just says the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And that one's really important to me because I am passionate about like climate change and climate issues and sustainability. And I think the climate movement is a little too doom and gloom sometimes. So I try to keep a positive outlook and try to just advocate that, you know, a green future could also be more beautiful, more fun, 
um, better communities, um, social justice and environmental justice are interlinked, like all these things. Mm -hmm. um, so that one to me is important. Um, the other quote I have is a Koshi Johnson quote, who was the child who had HIV and AIDS in South Africa and was a big advocate for um, that community. Um, but the quote is, do all you can with what you have, with the time you have in the place you are. And that one's been important to me because I've moved around California a bit working these different jobs and I always want to be thinking about my impact and you know what I'm leaving behind and sometimes I want to do more than I can so that one kind of grounds me of like you know don't get overwhelmed with like all the things that you're trying to problem solve just do what you can and that's that's good you know and just put that whatever that amount of goodness that you can put into the world right now is like good and enough yeah um, so that one I think I picked up that that one it's like on a postcard I just have taped to my fridge and I picked it up at a little shop in Arcata my freshman year, and I've just had it with me ever since. And it's definitely probably my favorite quote. Um, and then my last one is probably like the motto I kind of made up, which just is how um, basically I believe that there's something in this world for everybody. And that can be applied to like outdoor recreation. I've talked about, you know, just kind of finding the activity you like to do, but also just there's so many things in this world and so many different groups of people that have different interests and make little community clubs or share ideas or like the same kind of music or whatever. And I just think that that's so cool. I'm so inspired by other humans all the time. And um, I just really believe that there's something in this world for everybody um, to enjoy. And I yeah. think that that's cool. So, yeah. I love it. I love your perspective. Those quotes are amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So even more along those lines. What is something that you're grateful for? Just like so much. I've had so many um, influential people in my life. I feel like I didn't get to share other people that were not high school. So I oh, can share them right now if that's yeah. okay. Yeah, so um, talked about the high school people. Um, definitely I had in Tahoe Rangers that helped me out with my career. I was really lucky and I got to work for some really cool um, female rangers that were really strong leaders. And that is not really the norm in a lot of other districts. So, you know, they kind of taught me like how to navigate being a woman in parks and um, that, you know, like they just really, yeah, they were good leaders and taught me like also that it's okay to have like a backbone. I feel like before um, in high school, I was definitely like a people pleaser and a little quieter, but now it's like, I'll just say what, what's on my mind, you know, as long as it's not hurting anyone and obviously it's in good taste, but like, you know, just have a backbone and stand up for yourself. Um, another ranger there, Darren, um, he's a male, but he also really just advocates for women in parks and he stuck up for me when some like camp hosts were kind of being sexist at one of my campfire programs. And anyway, it's just, you know, they, they were really helpful to me to feel confident in the skills I have. Um, and then also at Humboldt, the program professor for the um, interpret education program, Jen Tarleton, she must be one of like the best 
educators that's out there. I'm, I'm just so thankful to have learned from her. She was so supportive and just really a caring person. She really got to know each of us as her students really well, which is um, something you don't get at a lot of colleges, I don't think, to have like close relationships with your professors. So mm -hmm. definitely really thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, it's, yeah. you know, gratitude is great and it helps us do even greater things. And it's wonderful to hear about these these uh, lady professionals. Like every, doesn't matter what your community is, every person that relates to you, your community, your gender, whatever it is, helps, you know, you realize that you can do that too. And so I love that. Um, all right, so you may have answered this, but what's your favorite form of self-care? Because that's big. Oh, just getting outside, but also, going on a bike ride. Biking is underrated. I really believe that. Like I go on a bike ride and I come back feeling 10 times better. Um, where I live now is super rural. And that's actually been a big downside to me because, you know, Arcata was kind of rural too, but had well-developed biking areas and things. So I could like bike, you know, 15 miles, like no problem, just all around the town. And here it's super unsafe to do that. Like I am really scared of getting hit on the roads here. They're not meant for bikers. Um, so I picked up mountain biking, which I did not quite realize when I bought my mountain bike was kind of a crazy sport. So I'm taking it easy, but, um, I, I've been enjoying it. So I get out on trails now to, to bike instead. Yeah. All right. Okay. Last one. Super okay. challenging. Which do you connect with more onward okay. victorious or Mustang born? Definitely, I think onward victorious. Oh, I think we sing. I think we used to sing that one like after we'd win in dance. So yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. that's really the whole show. You know the show. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining me, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with our our students here in Milwaukee. Yeah, you're welcome. Gracias por escuchar this episode of Mustangs in the Field featuring Natalie Sandman, class of 2016. I gotta say that I reached out to Natalie well over a year ago. Um, I think what she does is amazing. I think uh, it's a tough job. It's sort of in that regulation, yeah, education. <laughs> you know, got to be an authority, but you really just want folks to have a good time and respectfully use nature to, as she had shared, recreate themselves and find joy. And I think that's so wonderful. Um, I think it's so cool that Natalie, Natalie is pretty much the only person I've ever known that has gone to Humboldt. Um, you, you don't know this, but year after year, statistically, we're about a 40% of our students go to community college, 20% will go to a four-year university, and that's usually Portland State, Oregon State, University of Oregon. And then we have a population of students that go into the workforce and live life and, and make things happen there. Um, so I was super intrigued and excited and proud of Natalie, even though I wasn't her counselor, for going to Humboldt. And so, honestly, I mentioned how I went to the town of Arcata to try to find Humboldt. Um, 
I really only did that because I knew that she was a student from Milwaukee who, who attended that university. Um, so I did drive around campus, got lost, saw the soccer field. I'm a soccer player, lover, fanatic, and so I had to see the field. Um, but it was a weekend and the bookstore was closed, so I didn't get a chance to, to do all, all the things that I like to do when I visit campuses. So um, again, I'm thankful to Natalie. I'm proud of her for just finding her own path, and I appreciate her willingness to share her wisdom with us. And hopefully that leads into future Mustangs possibly getting into the same field and you know, being part of nature and conserving and investing in our, our local uh, wildlife and, and environment. That wraps up this uh, session of Mustangs in the Field. I hope you join me um, for, the, for the ending here, Aggie's View segment. And as always, be healthy and well out there. And go Mustangs! Welcome to Aggie's View. This is my, uh, my attempt to get you a little back behind the scenes, backstage look at what's going down at Milwaukee and also kind of feel what it feels like. Well, maybe not just as a counselor, but maybe me as a person. So here we are, episode one, Aggie's View, season three of Mustangs in the Field. So first, you know, we'll start with pre-season, as I like to call it, before students arrive and the teachers get to the building. So we're having a week long of professional development. We're all together with our, you know, our community, our teachers, our IAs, our fellow counselors. This year we, thank goodness, have our fourth counselor. So we're a full team again. And so that is a big relief. Um, But they get to start out the year and their season and their career here at Milwaukee with all the ninth grade students because we are assigned by a grade level. I am the counselor for the class of 2024, and so they're currently juniors. And so there's a little bit of relief, but also like, wow, we got to support our new team member and help them get up to speed because they've never been in a high school. They've been a school counselor, but not in a high school. So there's a lot of things that are going to come up, most notably schedule adjustments because we don't just make changes to make changes we adjust schedules because there's issues but before that it's professional development and one of the very first things we talk about professional development is school safety and new procedures and new terminologies for basically the lockdown and um, I wasn't prepared for this because at the end of last year, we had a scare. We had law enforcement sweeping our building. There was a call in and they thought that there was a reasonable possibility of a threat. And so I found myself in an office with an office mate in the dark on the floor, watching shadows beneath the crack of the door for nearly 40 minutes. And, you know, I'm in the office area, so there's a lot of activity because the the admin who 
I can't believe they're assigned to be out there and the exposed are coordinating with law enforcement. And so they are in the office space, but I'm not sure. <laughs> this, as the time goes on, I am spooking myself and I'm sending the most calm texts I can to my, to both my children. Just, hey, hope you have a great day. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. And then slightly more informative to my wife, hey, something's going down. I'm a little bit scared. I love you. You know? In the end, everybody was safe. We know that, you know, I know that colleagues were startled as law enforcement were in the building and, you know, they were caught off guard coming out of doors and whatnot. So um, it was a spooky experience for a lot of us. So flash forward to the start of the 22-23 school year, we're talking about this and I'm super emotional and jittery because that's all I can think about was how honestly afraid I was for those 40 minutes and then how mad I was that we had to have this situation. Um, so, you know, that's professional development. And then we have at Milwaukee to transition to something less heavy. We are over 1,250 students for the first time, I think, in my career, 22 years there at Milwaukee High School. So we're actually building classes, getting sections made on the Wednesday before students are coming into the building. And so there's a lot of students at this point who have incomplete schedules. And, um, you know, it's a challenge. It's starting to get, you know, anxiety-provoking, producing and, you know, we have all these students and their families who have their anxiety and they're messaging us, all of us, not just me, all the counselors, like, can I see my schedule? Can I see my schedule? You know, and of course, it would calm a lot of concerns if, if one knows what to expect on the first day of school. But we just weren't able to deal that and it was just mounting on me. And I know our first year counselor, it was a challenge for them and all of us were really concerned because we just want to do the best job we can to help our students be in a position to start the year successfully. And as you know, if you, were, if you remember back in your days, your high school days, that usually there's still going to be folks who don't have a schedule because that advanced class was the exact same time as that choir class or whatever the situation may have been. And decisions need to be made, and you know, might you might even say sacrifices need to be made by students and families, and it's disheartening. But we all move forward because we know that it's just one small step on the path to getting future ready. All right, just because a student got that class or didn't get that class doesn't mean their future is destined in one direction only. So here we are, the weekend before school begins. And uh, I have my own personal you know, trauma with the, with the uh, lockdown situation and the mounting pressure and anxiety to get these schedules ready. And school hasn't even begun. So we're eagerly looking forward to our students. And honestly, that's what 
we all are in this business for is to be in the space with students. And so we get to Tuesday, the day after Labor Day is our ninth grade day. We call it Making a Mustang Day. And it's just a joy to be in the space with over 350 incoming ninth grade students as they get orientated to our new building, um, meet new folks, find their classrooms, learn about lockers, etc. And so, you know, this is a great time of the year where we are, I feel I am uplifted by their spirits. And even more so the following day when all our students come into the building. But this is where things get tricky. We have a long lineup of students waiting to see their schedule. Um, sometimes I mentioned a conflict that might occur where one class is the exact same time period as another class. And so in their schedule, it'll say, see counselor period three. And so they're supposed to come down at, during period three and wait to see their counselor. And this line is going down the hall um, and we're trying to find classes, but remember we're over 12,050 students. And when we ended the la year last year, we were at 1150-ish. And so we planned for 1150. So we have 100 more students than, than anticipated. We've only built classes for 1150 or so. And so we're, we have these lines and lines and lines for day after day after day. And it's frustrating. Um, students are expressing to their families this is the situation. Families are expressing their frustration by calling the phone lines and you know letting everybody who 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 can hear know that they really want their kid in class, which we all do, and I don't blame them. And they're doing the right thing, you know. That's what we do as parents, and so it's just this, you know, challenge where we're all trying to work together to set up a student so they are successful. But we just have to be patient and, and you know, work through students one by one schedule so that way we can get something for everyone. So that's uh, Aggie's view for the moment. We're actually at week two. I'm super excited because we will be going into classrooms very soon. I will be visiting juniors um, on week three of high school. Um, homecoming is during week five of this year. And so there's so much to look forward to and so much activity. And it's amazing how we get from no schedules and lineups for, of folks for, for really a week and a half to full swing and pep rallies and, you know, um, assemblies in the, in the gym and homecoming week. So next time you tune in, hopefully I get to share a little bit of how, how wonderful our homecoming week was, maybe some of the activities we're doing, maybe some of the field trips we got going on, um, because these are all things that we do as school counselors and a, a unit here at Milwaukee High School to help our students figure out a path for their future. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to Mustangs in the Field and this little segment of Aggie's View. I appreciate you. Be well out there. 
Go Mustangs.